into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. Oh, oh that, what a great way to start is Drew. <laughs> yeah, just stretching. All right. It's okay. Um, welcome, everybody, to Epic Tales from the Sewers. I'm your most excellent host, Justin. With me, as always, is my host, uh, co-host with the most, who isn't afraid of any ghosts, Mr. Eric Will. How you doing, Eric? And uh, with us today, we have a, a special guest host with us. Uh, he is a writer for Screen Rant and is also available on the Splash Pages uh, podcast from the Dorking Network, Mr. Drew Malo. Oh, that's oh me. Oh, yes. That's Hi, you. everyone. Yep. Okay, cool. Just making make sure. And our guest today has the distinguished credentials of writing for some of the most recognizable characters in all of comic and movie fandom, including characters like Godzilla, The X-Files, The A-Team, Back to the Future, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Army of Darkness, Galaxy Quest, The Ghostbusters, and of course, TMNT. Currently, he's writing the companion book to the Armageddon game called Armageddon Game Allies, as well as the four-issue Saturday Morning Adventures TMNT comic. Let's give a big welcome to our guest. He ain't afraid of no ghost, Mr. Eric Burnham. <laughs> Hi, guys. Jeez, I, uh, I, 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 I think I, I blanked out on just how many many uh, franchises I've worked on. I, I couldn't believe it, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, Eric, do you have a question? No, I'm not just like <laughs> Yeah, just so many. Yeah. I mean, it's it's when you look at it, it's like, oh, it's not just Army of Darkness. It's Army of Darkness versus Reanimator, and it's like Galaxy Quest. Oh my God! It's like you, you hit us right in the in the feels, and uh, I, I just love it. But um, of course, we are a Turtles podcast, and you, you've written some really, really uh, big Turtles books. And um, I just wanted to start off by asking, what's your history with Turtles? Like, where? What's your origin story when it comes to the fandom? Uh, well, like I think the the vast majority of uh, the country, I was introduced to the Turtles with the 87 show. I was the right age for it. Nice. And, uh, you know, the sense of humor, the the fun of action and just, you know, the uniqueness of the property. It all just it it uh, came together at the right time in the right way. And I was hooked from there. After that, uh, a friend introduced me some of the Mirage comics. Uh, there was the Archie comics and just, you know, everything that uh, has gone since the movies and, and just, yeah, I, I've steeped in. And uh, I, I was I was kind of curious about this starting from it. Do you think that a writer, when you're reading their stuff, you can tell who their favorite Ninja Turtles or Ghostbusters character could be since you have kind of like a similar team of four based on the style of writing? Do you think um, – because I was kind of wondering about that with you. Like, uh, mm -hmm. is there a particular favorite character that you spotlight when you write like that? And follow up, who is your favorite? Um, yeah, I mean, there there's always a favorite, but the favorite changes. That's the yeah, fun man. of it. And um, I, I like just... I try to when in these group things when I when I do and when I have the luck to do an extended run I try to focus on different characters at which point they're going to become my favorite they're going to get as many of the best lines as I can nice and give them and and so all of the turtles and all of the ghostbusters to use those two in turn have been a favorite I think it's easiest for me to write snark so so peter vankman Raphael, pretty easy uh it's easy for me to write puns so uh so michelangelo gets gets those but I I found that the the dry wit is a lot of fun to write. So Donatello and Egon both, yeah, they, they <laughs> on that, and they're just so much fun to write because they can get some in something in under the radar. 
It's it's really interesting. I, I like that and in, in kind of how they all paired off. And I have uh, I will have a question down the road about that. But um, sure. In um in this world of uh, TMNT comics, you're currently writing the Armageddon Game Alliance books, which is amazing, by the way. The um, the Saturday Morning Adventures. Uh, can you explain where the Saturday Morning Adventures fits into the TMNT universe? Well, um, I was talking about the '87 cartoon, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing uh, stories that fit into that view of the turtles, that version of the turtles. Can they fit into the uh, the canon of the show? Yeah, mostly, you know. I mean, we we try to get it as much as possible, but there are some things that have changed in the last thirty years, uh, just in in uh, the uh, the uh, view of the brand. So things that weren't done uh, in the '87 show are now pretty common and are looked for and are weird when they're gone. Um, oh yeah. So, for example, you watch the old cartoon, you don't see a whole lot of Leo, Raph, Mikey, and Donnie. It's always Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello. And that seems weird now. But, um, wow. you know, so, so that's, uh, that's something that, we, uh, that we're working on um, doing, getting, getting, getting some of that stuff uh, consistent, brand consistent. That's what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, other than, that, other than that, what, what, I've, uh, what I've said is that they're supposed to fit somewhere between the uh, the regular uh, the the old school turtles uh, eighty seven turtles and the red sky, so okay. somewhere in in that vast area is is where these stories should take place or could take place without causing too much trouble. So are we going to see Carter and Lord Drag? <laughs> Probably not. Just you know, you go into a whole different kind of continuity there, and it's you know. But we're gonna we're gonna try to use as much of the overall show as we uh, we can, or you know, we that we that was the goal, I should say. We we don't normally award points, but a million points for that answer. One hundred percent. What kind of research did you have to do uh, when going through for the '87 Turtles? Like, did you go and, and rewatch the whole season? Uh, any of the particular seasons? Um, any particular episodes that stick out? Uh, I, I did. I bought, uh, I, I found a, a crazy deal on the, the entire series. I got it for eight bucks. What? what? A, a, an Amazon sale. I was just like, this can't be right. This is right. <sighs> you know, it's, it's still sitting at 40 over at, over at the, the Walmarts and such. Yeah. But there it was eight bucks. And I just, you know, I, I took it, uh, I took advantage, uh, before they, they corrected their mistake. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I, I've just been going back and, uh, watching episodes. If I didn't have a firm, memory of how the character acted or sounded uh, if I needed a refresher, but I tried not to, uh, I tried not to go back too much cause I didn't want to uh, accidentally redo something that I had seen. I don't want to redo a line. I mean, if I do it accidentally, I, at least I can claim deniability, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but uh, in, you know, I mean, 10 years worth of cartoons, I'm going to repeat something uh, nice. in some, is but uh but yeah i'm i'm uh but i mean yeah it's it's all there for me to refer to when i need it if i need to look up something very obscure mm-hmm. it's there uh, but other than that i have a pretty strong memory for the um for the dynamics the sense of humor and the voices so i i felt pretty confident with that that's great. I'm, I'm sure they're going to make a collection of the four books. Uh, is there a plan to keep it going or um, maybe do issue five or just a, a new series? Well, I mean, 
that you can talk about perhaps? <laughs> see, the thing is, there's been nothing announced, but if you look in previews right now, you're going to see Saturday Morning Adventures continued number one. Nice. So <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just like it's it's not official official, but it's also you're going to see it on the Internet if you if you look without too much difficulty. So I don't feel like I'm going to get yelled at. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I'll say, but, but diamond, they did it first. Tales yeah. from another world. There's, there's, there's art, there's covers up. I, I, you know, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be doing some more. So. I know uh, Eric had a question for you about uh, video games. Um, okay. Sure. Sure. Oh, are you on mute on oh, Eric? Oh, I'm on mute. My bad. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. You're good. My bad. Um, you know, me being a uh, video game nerd, which I have a lot of video games. Of course, I have Shredder's Revenge, so that's going to pop up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how do, how does like with these do these books like tie in with with like Shredder's Revenge and all that? Up? Well, they they didn't tie in with Shredder's Revenge specifically because the game hadn't come out by the time that I had written the entire miniseries. Okay, and nobody mentioned anything to me <laughs> about what oh, was wow. going to be in Shredder's Revenge. I had heard of the game, but I didn't know specifically what all they were going to dump in. I didn't know now, it was going to be such a uh, smorgasbord. So now, since you've already spilled the beans on something, I want to ask you this. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so with that, since there's a continue series, are you going to maybe throw a little bit of you know something with the Shredder's Revenge into it, or is it are you going to have a little bit of tie-ins with that, or, or maybe? Not- not, not, uh, not, uh, not off the bat. No, I, I, st- I stopped to play Shredder's Revenge. What I got instead of Shredder's Revenge was the collection. Oh yeah. yeah. So I could go back and play that Nintendo game and try to beat it. <laughs> but I, I finally uh, did it. By, yeah, by the way. I, I, I am to the Technodrome. I've made it there. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, so Donnie. I, yeah. That's yes. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it's there's there's so much that we would like to do. There's so much that Nickelodeon would really like us to do. I mean, um, the guy uh, who is in charge of us from Nickelodeon, he is very excited and has a ton of ideas and a ton of stuff that he wants to get in there. And I would not be surprised if he, if he said, why don't you work in this um, idea from Shredder's Revenge or from something else or from a toy line at some point, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all, but he hasn't yet. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that, uh, that we, we want to, we want to play with. And there's so much stuff to play with. I mean, uh, just in the the versions of the show, but also we we do have access. I've been asking. I mean, can I do an '87 version of something that was never in '87? They said maybe. So we'll see. Like City at war. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, I mean, who knows? It it could be. I mean, it could be could be anything. I mean, I could I could go back. I could grab stuff. I mean, technically, I guess the Archie books were the same thing, but maybe I could grab something from Archie. Maybe I could grab something from the IDW run. Uh, who knows? Uh, yeah. They haven't said no. They've said maybe. So we'll see what I can bring out of them. Better than a no. It's better than a no. I mean, I would you- imagine people just like coming out of the woodwork and be like, hey, have you found a way to work in walkabout yet? Or like try to get like their favorite action figure in there. And that's exactly what happens. But I mean, when you look at it, it's it's 20 pages and there's already a lot of characters in there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. it's you know, I mean, if you if you if you keep the four turtles, April and Splinter, there's six right off the bat, in the 20 pages. And I mean, somebody will get the short shift, the more characters I add into the book. So it's a balancing act. <laughs> like with the, with the Archie series, you know, <laughs> sometimes you'd have entire issues where nobody except for either Leonardo or Donatello say a word. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just kind of how it happens, you know. And when when you've got like those ensemble books like X Men, it's like, well, Rogue's not going to say much this issue. So mm-hmm. you know, she just said sugar once, you know. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I found that out with uh, with Ghostbusters with the more <laughs> characters that were in the cast. <laughs> the uh, the more that uh, I had to, to work to get everybody to at least have a reason for being on panel. And that happened in the Armageddon game Alliance uh, number six, because there was that had to be in the book. There was Karai. There was Alapex. There was uh, Casey at April. Mm-hmm. There was Bebop and Rocksteady. There was uh, Koya. There was the four, um, the Null Turtles. There was um, the gang of four. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, yeah, the gang of four, uh, Baxter and, and Null, uh, as well as um, Sergeant Winter. So That's I had to have cool. all those in there. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. find, find a use for. Oh, and and uh, and there was there's there was even another character that I forgot about that I had to find some space for. So uh, one the, the the detective whose whose name just popped out of my head. Now I'm Lewis. embarrassed. Thank Lewis. you. Yep. Yes, Detective Lewis. So yeah, uh, those were all in the in the book. And like I said, it's it's tough in an action book when action takes up more space, uh, eats up a lot of space to. Um, to fit everybody in. But I, I think, I think I did a good job. I think I got everybody with something satisfying to do. So, you, you know, not you, like you like segued perfectly into my next question. Cause <laughs> my next question is, is going to be about the central character in that book, at least mm-hmm. my opinion. So mm-hmm. um, in, in this, in this book, the, you know, when, when you have the Alliance, uh, it features so heavily on Karai. And when, when I had a uh, Mateo Santaluco on, I, I told him that he was kind of the shredder guy. I kind of think of you as the Karai guy oh, because cool. um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles universe issue 12, like back way back when I had uh, Freddie Williams on, I, I told him, I'm like, this is the book that made me love Karai. This is the book that made me look at this character and say, this is not some lamppost that, you know, is a ninja that is just in the background. This is a actual character with thoughts and motivations and all that. So like my, my question for you is Karai is a character. What motivates Karai? And how is she different than the Shredder pre Armageddon game Shredder? Okay, um, you know, here's here's um, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can how I can put this. She is just she's she initially had just the motivation to bring the Foot back, back uh, Foot Clan back to a traditional classic, um, old school ninja roots, not something modern. Uh, not something you know organized crime-ish, but something where they got people running around with with swords and disappearing into the shadows, which was part of what we did in the uh, in the first micro series. Which, if you haven't seen that, man, Corey Smith's art is just gorgeous and really needs to be seen by everyone. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, so that was her goal was to to bring the past back and then to bring Shredder back, and then she kind of just kind of got lost in in uh you know having no identity she was listening to the shredder she was listening to splinter she was really not having any kind of a direction of her own but overall the consistent part the consistent the goal was to make the foot clan great and keep it great and keep it a going concern worldwide so she and the foot clan are kind of one thing she wants you know it to be uh the best that it can be the best version that it can be tying together uh, stuff from its history and uh, its modern day and, you know, taking it into the future. So she just wants 
to have her uh, her legacy be this this uh, this clan to be successful and for the rest of it uh, maybe she needs to get a life as well and <laughs> yeah. if I write some more that's something I want to do yeah but but really the the reason that there hasn't been as much life is I kind of see her and I kind of write her as Batman. Uh, Interesting. So I mean, okay, that's, I mean, so, you know, there can be a wry joke here or there, but there's a lot of impatience and there's a lot of terseness. And I introduced her in Alfred because why wouldn't I? So, (laughs) um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's just, she's just so much fun to write and I didn't expect to like writing her as much as I did. I've been the first micro series I think was uh, 2013, a decade ago. So mm-hmm. that was the first time I wrote her and my goodness, it was so much fun. Um, and, and by the yeah, way, so- the art was uh, Sophie Campbell at the time, who is the current writer of the ongoing series. So yes. how things have changed in a decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sophie did, uh, did a hell of a job on, on uh, the Karai universe and Corey Smith on the, the first one, uh, the first micro series. And then Roy Mercado in, on the uh, stuff we did on Alliance. My goodness. Oh, it was so cool seeing his pages come in. Uh, One, they're gorgeous. And two, I just love the acting that he gets on everybody's faces, uh, subtle emotions. It's not something every artist can do, but he excels at it. So it's, it's great. You can see maybe what they're feeling and thinking without having anything explicitly in dialogue. And you guys, I, I don't know, Eric, if you've caught this one yet, this is issue five, right? So, mm-hmm. and, um, and uh, Drew, issue five of um, Alliance, uh, uh, okay. Game, the Alliance. Uh, one thing that blew my mind on this is that you see Karai on the rooftop, and I think this was in issue four, and she's asking for help from Casey Jones. And he's like, what the hell can I offer you? And she's like, a moral compass. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, Ninja Turtle comics, what are you doing to me? You know, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, because when you read it, it's not Saturday morning adventures. It's like, there's some deep, you know, character development going on here. This mm-hmm. is the time. I'm like, this is great. Well, you know, the character's got to like, change. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> the character's got to change a little bit. And, and that's something that um, we had talked about, Tom, and I had talked about it. Charles Beecham, the, uh, the editor, and I had talked about it is, Karai, at some point, if she is at all intelligent, which she is, is going to realize she's not going to get the results she wants by doing the same thing. So if she's going to need to change some things, how can she change some things? She's going to, you know, try different things. And asking for help is certainly one of them, as help from people uh, folks didn't expect, like Alapex. Yeah. Which, God, that was the one thing that I had pitched um, so, so much. I just said, ongoing series. I'm in. No, no, just, uh, uh, just just that that scene that we got in uh, the back of number four of her asking for help and Alabex just giving her a scar. Yeah. I uh, that was a moment that I've been wanting to do since May. She was pissed, guys. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, Alabex was not having any of this. So I can believe it. You know. mm-hmm. But it's 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 cool though, and um, I mean, you you wrote another character that I am just flat out obsessed with. Um, and, and this was actually my first really, uh, when I was starting to do this podcast, we started out by telling the stories. And one of the first ones that I did was the micro series Baxter Stockman. So it, it kind of has like a, a special place in my heart, but a lot of the stories that start out with kind of a sad backstory and you find out that the character's motivation is based on like a previous trauma or something like that. But it, it doesn't seem so much that that's the case with Baxter as a character. He, he seems to kind of define hubris and unbridled ambition to me. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we, we definitely get that sense when Baxter, you know, he's learning these lessons from his father and they're kind of harsh lessons. But then at the end, he kind of pushes him out of his own company. I'm like, oh, man, what a bastard. So <laughs> but what do you what do you think drives this character for Baxter for you? Because I can't read enough Baxter Stockman in these comic books. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Baxter is as Tom wanted him to be more ever more Machiavellian ever more of the, uh, the classic classic post-crisis Lex Luthor. Yes. He is, <laughs> he is very smart. He's, he's just smart enough that you can't really catch him. Uh, but he'll still, you know, trip up here and there. Uh, always scheming schemers are just a lot of fun to write. And he is that guy. He is, well, like I said, he's, he's very much a uh, Lex Luthor type. Uh, Tom has a different model, a slightly different model, but uh, you know I, I won't steal his thunder by telling him, saying who he based some of the personality on. I mean, you might already know, but um, it's a fun story and it's fun to see Tom tell it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I think I have an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's uh, he's he's just. I mean, yeah, it's, it's it's fun to write people that are amoral and scheming. He he is just you know all in for number one. And I mean, you just can't have joy writing that. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's that I, I hopefully like him playing with with Null and um and with Rat King and all that right now. And it, it's so fun to see that it's like him and Krang are the only ones that are kind of playing by the rules. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh okay, this is this is really weird because who's going to double cross whom first? That's the mm-hmm. question. And and with characters like that, you got to see who's going to see the double cross coming and have something in place. Yeah. I mean, again, that's uh, the kind of fun you have with characters like these. Do you think that this Baxter is the same or similar to the one from the last Ronin, or do you find that to be a different character or is it just kind of vague enough? I think it's vague enough. I don't know if the intention is to have this be the definitive future of IDW or just its own thing. And I think by leaving it vague, it can be either and it can be both. Um, And there's a lot of value in having it be, you know, dealer's choice. So, um, I'll, I'll I'll just say that uh, he's not for me, but if he is for you, then by golly, he should be. Oh yeah, no, not for me. I, I mean, um, and, and obviously, you have Baxter as the music well, just the general you, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the royal you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if uh, so, so here's a here's a question. I don't know if you've ever been asked before, but if uh, you personally had to stop a mouser or a group of three mousers, how would you take them out? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I mean. Let's uh, let's call it Boston Dynamics. We set this up for real, but uh, oh, that's a silly joke. But uh, no, uh, you got some friends, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, boy, I I would hopefully find something to run them over with because I'm not getting it done with brute strength. (laughs) All right, that's fair. Fair You know, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I I like I like the idea of. you know, taking out the uh, the little thing on the top, but uh, mm-hmm. I said, I, I've got mine here. Oh, wow. How did I take this guy out? Yeah. And I took the head. What's wrong with some pedestrian? Oh, yeah. yes. There you go. <laughs> I have a terrible aim. <laughs> I don't have dexterity or physical strength. Yeah, I need to run him over. <laughs> okay, so, so then, if you were a turtle, you wouldn't have an aimed weapon or something like that. Uh, you would you would have something else. Okay. I, I Yes, I would be the opposite of Hawkeye. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So there, there we go. Yes, completely. Yes. Uh, I, I guess, you know, I'm from Minnesota. So uh, Hawkeye is Iowa. Oh, nice. That, that makes, yes, definitely that. I feel the opposite uh, all the time of Iowa in general. So, so how yes. do you feel about mutant badgers then? <laughs> <laughs> That's just for the Minnesota fans. But Yeah, yeah. 
Not Michigan fans. Or, uh, yeah, no, 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 Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, way. yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I, maybe maybe I can get them uh, to introduce a mutant loon, although the artist would <sighs> kill me. Uh, wow. For all those dots on the, uh, you know, the, the plumage. Yeah, no, I, I would be dead quickly. But oh, yeah, boy. anyway. So, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tim. You heard it here first. So. <laughs> Um, Drew, I know you had some questions regarding Ghostbusters. I wanted to give you a, a shout, uh, a shot here, just to, yeah, antsy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's no, no. I'm, I'm just listening. This is not antsy. This is absorbing information and enjoying. And now, mutant badgers will just be stuck in my head for at least a day uh, until it gets forced out. Um, Very Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the I mean, the thing that I definitely wanted to bring up is that you in your in your run of Ghostbusters, you did so many crossovers. I mean, uh, Mars attacks, uh, Transformers, uh, the Turtles two times, Mm -hmm. uh, the real Ghostbusters. And then you had the the mega crossover with everybody. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you talked about, you know, um, you know, getting everybody in a voice. And I and I and I remembered just seeing the 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 end panel, I think it was at the first issue, and there's everybody, and I'm just like, they're all in this art. How? I could barely write four. He's got like four times ten. That's so a lot many. of that's a lot of busters. And so, and let me tell you, Dan added more than I had initially intended, and then I had to add them to the script. Right. <laughs> wow. So the, the little the little uh, NES sprites. <laughs> I had to find something for them to do once he had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I had that. I, I did exactly that. I was like, I had that video, like every issue. And I own all of the IDW. Like I never missed an issue since I think the series started like 2011. Um, I was yes. like, <laughs> uh, I, even at one point I was doing all the variants. I was like, I don't care how much <laughs> it is. I want it. Um, when I was just like, Oh my God. So I, I think for me, uh, it, it's it's. I realize a lot of your Ghostbuster run. I mean, you, you had this huge task in the beginning. You're tying in uh, the both the movies, the video game, which was essentially the third movie. You know, all in one. You've got like the the. I, I remember I used to just lose count of how many Easter eggs you and Dan had in each issue, and you know, being a fan of the cartoon, and everything I was like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is, and but you filled in a lot of gaps in ghostbuster history. Like, and I know cause I, I pitched enough of the ideas to, um, to when I, uh, for screen rent and one I couldn't get was, was explaining that you and Dan filled a plot hole of ghostbusters two, as in what was Winston doing um, in the courtroom scene. And, and I was like, wow. And and I and I pitched it, and they were like, "No, nah, it's too thin, man." I'm like, "But this is like..." So, <laughs> what did it feel like? You're filling in gaps of 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 Ghostbuster history, you're like not just filling in gaps, but you're expanding everything, like, and you're and you're doing it in a way that nobody did, like, like, what what's the process there? Like, go. Well, uh, <laughs> that, that, that was a long question. It's it's a. <laughs> And it's I'm a, sorry, I, 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 oh, I, it was just, I was like, though. I had this plan, and mm-hmm. then my brain is like, he's here, go. And I'm just like, <laughs> shit. Uh, it's, it's a fertile sandbox. I mean, there's a ton of stuff uh, to do, and, and, and the movie left so many things, just, you know, little spaces in between the ad libs, if nothing else, that there was a mm-hmm. lot of ways that we could go just 
to have some fun. And sometimes Dan would come up with something that he wanted to do. In fact, he wanted to do uh, the Winston story and gave me a, could it just be this? And then I wrote from there. So Dan was the driver of that. Not to say I wouldn't got to it eventually, but he beat me to the punch. Um, Mm. But yeah, there's just, there's just uh, a lot of possibilities of the, again, they had, so much that they threw out and that's just uh Ackroyd's modus operandi there just to just of course lore vomit all over whatever he's working on <laughs> mm, and it leaves it leaves a lot of uh, a lot of things to to pick up or you know ignore uh, oh, yeah. and then what's uh, i mean and and the more stories we did the more possibilities we had to connect dots i said well this thing over here that they mentioned in the movie would be a perfect thing to connect to this story that we wanted to do mm-hmm um, so yeah, it was just, uh, it was happy accident and, uh, and ghost Corps was just so open to us doing uh, pretty much anything. I mean, they, they started out with some rigid rules that they didn't want us to break. And eventually they let us break them because they were happy with how we were, were doing wow. stuff. Mm-hmm. And those three rules were no Dana, no Lewis, no Slimer. <laughs> yeah. The Cause first <laughs> issue that got broke, the first two issues that the third one got broken. Mm-hmm. And then Lewis and Dana, that was in the mass hysteria arc, right? Yep, they 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 thought we would make Slimer uh, like the cartoon, and they didn't want that. Oh no! So all we had to do was make him like the movie, and we were fine. He oh, totally. In, hey, he was in the Turtles crossover. We mm-hmm. were happy. He was. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, so there was that, and then uh, uh, because of, and it was funny because talking about this with, with Justin that that. You guys came up with it essentially because the tur- the Krills crossover, they were able to explore the multiverse. And I think it I think it was the the one where they cross over with the 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 the, the AC a- ATC and to the call Ghostbusters. You brought up the whole thing that where the that essentially them defeating Gozer led to the multiverse, that mm-hmm. the dissipating Gozer's consciousness. Uh, when they that also imprinted the knowledge. So essentially, I was like, wow. with this one theory, you just made every the real Ghostbusters, the extreme, the um, uh, the sanctum of slime, even my beloved uh, little sprite Ghostbusters, as you call them, the from the second game. All this, I was like, and and it's funny because I, I have a few friends in the community, and I remember I put an article about it with for Screen Rant, and they. And I think people like, I had no idea. I'm like, just (laughs) think about it, everybody. And they're like, that is so cool. I'm like, read this book. Oh, like when you come up with that, like, I mean, you, you, you know, like the turtles, you must've been a fan of, of the movies and the cartoon and everything. Like, how does that come up? Do you just one day like, you know what? That's let's do that. Is that (laughs) like the crossovers? Well, then there's a crossover, just like ideas like that, where mm-hmm. you just like, is that, is that, was that like a brunch between you and, and Dan showing and Tom Waltz or something like, you're like, oh, let's do that. That's like, oh, that's good. Let's, let's see what like, you know, yeah. or is that something you've always thought about? Like, you know, I mean, it's when I'm writing the stories um, and, and again, having access to just so much stuff mm-hmm. as sometimes, sometimes the, the stuff, uh, makes sense to connect to one each other. It just, uh, right. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, go in saying, okay, you know what? Blowing up Gozer made this all happen. I started going, well, how would he explain it? And then I realized, okay, how Egon explained crossing the streams and protonic reversal and the whole nine. Right. That would be, that would, that would be something that would work for a multiverse. That would be something that would <laughs> explain right. how they're, uh, how they're, you know, 
their brain, their, 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 uh, their ideas, you know, right. wherever, you know, without, um, without anything. And it just seemed like something that, that fit. Um, totally. So if, if something fit, you know, not, not what we got to use it. I mean, it just, um, it was a happy accident. Some yeah. stuff, I mean, some stuff I had, you know, longstanding, I really want to do this. And I, I waited to figure out a way to work them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I would work it in faster. Um, the first, uh, the, uh, the second arc of the series, Peter exercising himself. So, I mean, that was the kind of thing yeah. that, I, uh, that I wanted to, you know, play with. And the longer we did it, the more ideas occurred and the more things, mm-hmm. the more conditions were possible. So it really was just being um, in the moment. And uh, yeah. And finding the stuff and going, oh yeah, that that fits together. I imagine that was, uh, you know, kind of how X Men was written. With, with I was Claremont just thinking, was it. it sounds yeah. so Claremontian. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, the breadcrumbs and everything. I didn't have a plan for this three years ago, but now it seems like I did. This is great. He's full of it. He absolutely had a plan. Claremont tear down the cheek. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I can can read your angry narration. (laughs) Yeah, but remember, it has to be as you're walking away, the tear down the cheek, you know. With a monologue over your head, summarizing everything. I was like, okay, Chris, we got it. I won't say that he didn't have a plan. I'm just going to say that if he didn't, this makes it uh, see, you know, easy easy to, to bluff. <laughs> totally. Um, and, and then the other thing is that, is, is that you and, and Dan showing have, have been on, like, I'm, I myself am a Ghostbuster, so I have the gear and everything. And, and you and Dan have been on my list to meet for, like, years. But I'm on the East Coast. And of course, the one Comic Con I don't go to, one of my friends like, "Oh, I, got, I was at Con, and I got this sign." I was like, "He was at Comic Con the one year <laughs> I don't go." Eric Burnham's there, and I, I almost like, like I just remember my my girl just heard this loud yell and a thud because I flipped the table, and she's like, "Everybody goes like, I'm fine. I'm gonna put it back." I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it's the same way. There was a con that Dan showing was going to be, I think it was in like Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God. And I wasn't able to go. Cause I had some sort of emergency that weekend and, and it, it has happened. And I'm just thinking to myself, that's two. And I'm just one day. And, <laughs> and um, so like, have you got to meet, you know, Ghostbuster fans who cosplay and everything. And, and I sure, I assume they're ecstatic and how, how does it feel when we're like oh my god you thank you yeah, i mean you know? it's it's nice i mean it's it's nice to have people like what you do um and i mean i've gotten i've gotten every reaction down the line so which which makes it hard to get a big head i've gotten uh 
you know, oh my God, this is amazing. I love this. I've been a reader and I've got, there are comics since when? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, all, all, all those between it, it's, uh, I'm not going to, uh, you know, get my ego out of control, but I, it's just, I write in, I, I mean, I live in a, a small town in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota. Uh, there's no comic shop here. So I don't have any connection with, um, with that, uh, that group of people, uh, without mm-hmm. driving hours. Um, and I just, uh, I, I, I write my stories in the, uh, in the corner, I get the, all the stuff out and then I kind of forget about them. And so it just, it's sometimes, uh, I space out that people read these and, you know, not would enjoy them. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, it's always kind of a pleasant surprise when I, when I hear that, that people have liked it. So, yeah. Totally. I just realized during all this, that you actually, uh, wrote the Tobin spirit guide. That he I did. And it's mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> There's so many things you wrote that are literally within arm's reach of where I sit on a daily basis. <laughs> like, like, wow. I, like, I literally have, like, a Ghostbuster, like, shrine. And <laughs> on it, like, on the book era, literally, there's the Total Containment trade paperback, the the hardcover, Tobin's Spirit Guide, and a few of the others. And I'm just like, I was like, nope, that's, we don't open those. Only when the spookiest <laughs> of shit happens do we open those books. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one <laughs> other question. And then I guess, I don't know if Eric, do we do we go up to you or Justin? I, I, I have, I actually have a couple questions for him. I want to, I want to pick his brain a little bit. <laughs> okay. You know, you, you know what? Crystal Head I, vodka? I, yeah. You, you know what? Okay. I have one more, Eric, and then I'm, I'm going to go, we're going to go up. We're going to go up right. and around but. But so um, for all the listeners, uh, it's, it's more of a visual cue that Drew is doing. He's pointing up to where Eric is. Where? Yeah. Well, I, I, I never get, like, you know, don't fluster me here. Don't, don't an audio show. Me. <laughs> um, so, Eric, one of the things, like, you've done a lot of IW, but I remember the most random is that I know you did a little bit of co writing with the Scarlet Spider uh, in Marvel um, a while back. And I was a huge fan of that christopher christios did a great job oh yeah and i I was really sad to see that end um because i loved that that version of of kane and 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 whatnot what was that like like i was just like eric burnham he's doing like back to the future and ghostbusters and and the occasional turtle thing like marvel i'm like okay and i'm like yes more why yes have some please like it was it was it was super lucky, uh, lucky timing. I mean, first off, when the uh, Ghostbusters came out, Yost had seen uh, a preview and he got a kick out of uh, a joke from the first issue uh, of of uh, of uh, Ray ask, you know, Egon, I, I'd like to take a look at your brain with an MRI, possibly. You know, I mean, just, <laughs> he liked that joke. And and then when he needed when he was working, he was he was very busy because he was working on um, Thor, the Dark World. He was, mm-hmm. he was working on that. Uh, so he just needed somebody to script over his plots for Scarlet Spider. And the editor of the, uh, the book at the time, Tom Brennan, he liked my work and was you know trying to find something for me to do at Marvel. And that's what it became. I got to co-write uh, Scarlet Spider. And I mean, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. So I loved the chance. I loved it. I loved writing Kane because he was different. I, I got to add a different kind of humor for him. Mm-hmm. And then I got to come back and do it again when New Warriors ended. Right. <laughs> I really want to write him uh, write him a third time, write him some more. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know when or if there will ever be an opportunity. So I'm just glad that I, uh, that I got there. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, I got to write, you know, possibly – just one of my favorite uh, 
rogues in Craven the Hunter in that big arc. So, uh-huh. I mean, super excited for that. And it was just, it was, it was a magical time. I mean, I love writing Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man in, in all forms. So uh, it, was, it was a good time. Although the, the, the joke I had is the one time I got to write Spider-Man proper, Peter Parker was in New Warriors and it was a silent panel. Oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't get to put any words in his mouth the time I had a chance. And, uh, you know, I was kicking myself for years. But but now all that character development that you did for Night Thrasher and Speedball, you know, will live forever. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and I don't know who else was on the team at that point. I mean, was, was it Firestar? And I mean, did no, they have rage? Had, uh, something like that yeah there's i mean i i I got gifted a page and i'm looking up it now there's there was speedball there's nova nova yeah yes so Uh so, you know it was uh it was good times i mean this was the the weirdest thing about that the the new warriors was the uh he he brought in chris brought in the eternals so i'm writing the eternals and i know (laughs) so little about the eternals yeah (laughs) <laughs> um so it was it was it was an interesting uh, an interesting thing but i i got to feel superior when the movie came out and say well that's not how i did it yeah yeah well it's, <laughs> it's okay because you kind of beat marvel to that whole a plot where what drew was just talking about where when you explode the bad demon it creates like a rift that's kind of the that's kind of the idea of spider-man no way home so it seems like you know <laughs> you, you kind of beat them there on that aspect as well, well i mean you know sometimes sometimes you know the uh, the idea all all the right story paths lead to one idea and it seems you know either obvious or a cliche but i mean we're, we we all get there eventually it's how we get there That's yes cool. all right eric, your, your turn yeah i'm good okay. i'm good oh, well, for right I, now you go all right eric eric coming from eric um <laughs> <laughs> no i actually have a few questions you know you talk about like you do like a lot of crossovers you know I have I, this is a multi question for the crossovers. But, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. One, what is your dream crossover that you would love to have? Like, love to work on? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I thought there was going to be a multi. Uh, yeah, there, well, there, there is. There, there is. No, 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 I mean, I just like, thought you were going to do it all once. This one's going to be probably take a moment. Sure. So, sure. Uh, there, 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 have been, there have been so many. Um, I, I really. Uh, What's the top I, one? The top uh, one. That you would just love to do right mm. now, right now. The the, the, the yeah. shut up and take my money. A pitch. Star Trek and Galaxy Quest, <laughs> which what? I've been trying. Okay, which I've been trying uh-huh. for since. Standing ovation. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been trying for it for a long time, and it came very close to happening when they were about to do the TV show. But then, of course, Alan Rickman passed, and it just kind of went away. God but, damn it. Uh, but war, the, the thing is, the the people who control the uh, the comic book rights, the the media rights to uh, Galaxy Quest, is CBS. So, oh. uh, you know they uh, they you know they they like the idea, but we just haven't. Uh, I, I haven't been able to sell the the editors <laughs> on on it. I just I I have I have an idea. I have a story that I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually, you know, maybe I'll I'll get to tell it. If not. Here's a joke that would never make it into the book. Uh, I have I have Jason, of course, being an actor, flopping into the the Star Trek universe, waking up in sick bay, seeing Spock and saying Leonard. And McCle- <laughs> I'm Leonard. God damn, that's great. <laughs> 
so yeah, uh, so that was uh, that was that was the thing. And then, like I said, yeah, it, it, it leads to the way saying, "I'm Leonard. He's Spock. Who are you?" And I just that's oh, I really want to do that series so much. But the other one uh, that that was you know back in the day that we couldn't get going, we couldn't get approved was um the two that we couldn't get approved a uh, fantastic four and ghostbusters which i really wanted to do huh. uh God, yes dr doom and vigo would be yep. the two uh and then uh and then the the other one that we couldn't do just because of ridiculous legal red tape was ghostbusters men in black so i thought you were gonna say spider-man and the turtles i, I you know i mean i thought you'd say that <laughs> I, I i really wish i could get something with it could have got some of spider-man but that marvel was was tricky about um about doing crossovers with the superheroes um and so we thought men in black and sony thought men in black but sony owns the movie rights and a very distinct different version of men in black than marvel mm-hmm. marvel has the rights to do anything in print but marvel doesn't have the rights to like the character that will smith played Oh, it's completely separate. They have the rights to the characters and, and every, the way everything was presented in the original graphic novel. So it just, wow. They, and not even they, the cartoon verse. No, uh, it's, wow. it's, I mean, media, uh, cartoons, movies, TV, all that stuff, Sony. Okay. And, and, and the, the J and K and all that stuff, uh, the comics and the, the version that originally appeared, which was deeply overhauled for the movie. That's, that's Marvel. So, I mean, it just, it just became a thing of, no, <laughs> because ours is not that, and there's there'd be too much of a split, I guess, for them to say yes. Amazing. Can you imagine X Files in that M- MIB world? That it, it would be just straight yeah. explode. It would have been, oh been much fun. It would have been a lot of fun. But I mean, it's just I mean, crossovers are always fun because you get to play with, uh, with with toys like you know, like a kid with you know, here's 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 my one figure and here's another figure and they got nothing to do to get with each other, but you know, they're gonna have an adventure. There you well, go. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, that that that, that kind of brings to a, a, one of my other questions is actually, you know, like with the turtles, they've had a lot of crossover turtles with mm-hmm. like Stranger Things, Street Fighters, Power um, Rangers, um, yeah, the Power Rangers, and um, the Karate Kid Cobra Kai mm-hmm. show, oh, yeah. and all that other stuff. Now. No, no, this is just me personally. I know it sounds crazy because they're coming out with the Street Fighters and the Turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sorry, that that's like way left field. You wouldn't, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You don't expect that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just too completely. I mean, I would love to see like Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat go at it. Mm-hmm. Would be, I mean, cool. who wouldn't? But um, with Turtles and you know, and them, but like, I'm more like. How about we do Walking Dead and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, damn! I would like to see that one. Mm. Or, you know, I was actually thinking when he when he was sitting there talking about Spider Man, like you said, Justin, was about Spider Man and the Turtles because they're in New York. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. I mean, I mean, the one if if there was going to be a Marvel superhero crossover with uh, with the Turtles, um, it wouldn't be Spider Man. I, I think Kevin would would uh, you know bend over backwards for it to be Daredevil. Yeah. So you know. Oh yeah. But, True. But for the that most part, to happen. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the the crossover things, it's it's tricky because there are so many people who have to say yes for it to happen. Yeah. There's uh-huh. one or two publishers. Uh, there's one or two or more rights holders, and if any of them have any uh, any hesitation at all, it just doesn't happen. So. Um, that's, that's, uh, that was, that was something there was, um, 
I, I, I honestly, uh, like well, like 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 it was with the with you know us trying to cross over the uh, the Ghostbusters with with Marvel stuff. They they weren't you know they were iffy on it, so it didn't happen. And and the same thing might be with um, you know like The Walking Dead. Nickelodeon would say, no, we're not interested in crossing over our family brand with with zombies. Or it could come from the other direction and have Kirkman say, yeah, you know, I don't want to have something silly introduced into this world. But that, but that's I'm not saying thing. that he would say that, but I mean, he could. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing is like he's got I that know invincible with, Walking Dead money. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the whole he's thing good. is like with with the IDW turtles and stuff. I mean, it's it's pretty dark. It's pretty gruesome. I mean, along with the Ronin and stuff, so on and so forth. So I mean, yep. I can see, I can, I can kind of see where you know Nickelodeon should be okay with something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's comics. You know, we're mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, going through that. They did three yeah. Batman series. I mean, that's with DC. I, I would yep. think DC is yeah. the safer bet. I mean, they mm-hmm. had the turtles in the Injustice Two video game, you know, and Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, you know, and and everything is, I mean, it, it's everything. It's, it sometimes it just comes down to the the person who has the yes no say doesn't like the idea, <laughs> and just yeah. doesn't, want to, doesn't want to do it. I mean, um, it's it's it really can just be that simple. No, I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't feel like giving you yes. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 big so corporations with a lot of money and a lot of legal stuff. Yeah. So yeah, some I, people I, also just don't feel like dealing with that. And you know, how much money do we want to split? And how much is there to split? And I want more, and you want more. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I mean, there's so yeah, many. It, it, and I say no. Seems like a big hassle, but it'd yeah. be so awesome if it. Me personally, I would love to see Walking Dead. You know, I've seen the little uh thing. Um, that Ben Bishop did for uh, what it was for David Sebo, mm-hmm. where he did like his like I don't know it was like twelve books, mm-hmm. and he did like this big old thing when all the blank co- uh, covers with Walking Dead and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I thought it was absolutely freaking awesome. Oh, that does and sound cool. It it does it does sound cool. Um, but ben I Bishop have, that I'm not familiar with his work. He sounds like I'm, a cult leader. Yeah, I think he's a cult leader. Hi, Ben. <laughs> uh, I do have one more question, though. Mm-hmm. I know that you were talking about, you know, there was a lot of people that, you know, really liked your work, like, especially with the, like, the Ghostbusters. They were like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, has anybody ever come to you about writing a script for a movie? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, uh, I would love it if, uh, if they did, but uh, uh, not, not as of yet. I mean, I mean, so. yeah, I mean, I, I just me personally, the, the, the vibe that you that, that you give off on these books and everything else. And plus, you know, with people that, you know, like like people that Ghostbusters, they, they like your stuff. They like your writing. They like, mm-hmm. you know, how, mm-hmm. how you go about stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yep. I, the, do a show or 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 movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I think you have a. a of an evil genius brain in your head it just seems like it right now you know well, yeah and and i mean you know there's there's uh i mean as, as far as ghostbusters stuff uh there could be i mean i've 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 talked to them they, they know i'm always open to doing more stuff if they ever have a project that please you know, fits for and but i mean it's it's also it can be just this is speculation you know don't don't think i'm, I'm calling anybody out uh if if uh, jason who is now you know driving the brand if he doesn't think that the way I write stuff is compatible with his vision for the, for the new stuff, 
then I, I would be doing less stuff with, with no fault to me and no fault to him. It's just like, yeah. I don't think we agree. So that, that can happen. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, not being on the, the same page creatively or not thinking that uh, the way I write something works with his babies. Uh, and again, that's speculation. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that's, that's the case, but I mean, that, that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I've never met him. I don't know inside of his brain, but I mean, that's a thing that could happen or I could tomorrow get a, uh, you know, where we're looking to put together a writer's room for a project. Are you interested? I could get that too. I don't know. Uh, so, I'm, I'm always open though. I love the, I love the stuff. And then uh, just in general, I, I, uh, I, before I started writing comics, it was a hobby of just, you know, writing, writing screenplays for fun. Again, lived um, in the middle of nowhere. It was, uh, <laughs> it was something to do, something to pass the time. So I like the process and uh, would enjoy doing it for something that might get made someday. Who knows? That's Fair enough. I, I have to mention, I, I see a couple of cool things on the wall back there. Uh, I do too. I already noticed uh, so Marvel, many uh, cool things. Marvel Legends of the Thing, Ben Grimm, uh-huh. and I see a big old Batman back there. Uh, yeah, you see, you see Alfred E. Newman as Batman. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, that's yeah. great. Yeah. What so, me worry? I kind of uh, see something to which would be. If you know, if he's looking this way to the right of his his headset, right there. Talk about the internet kind of, crisis. Hopefully, it's a booster gold. No, 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 the, no. If I, if I'm looking at it, it would actually if he was you know on his on his right hand side. Nope, that way. side. Or this way. That okay. way. Oh, oh the yeah. turtles. The turtles on oh, the wall. Yeah, yeah the yes. turtles. Okay. The turtles. Yep. The turtles. Yeah, I, I mean, I spotted that when I first stuff. first seen it. Just yeah. Saying. Who do you have on your wall? Uh oh. Uh up there. Uh. uh that stuff there. Uh, I've got a, a Baxter and a Splinter that my uh, siblings got me because I wrote Baxter and Splinter. So yep. they, they yes. got for me as a, a, as a memento of the uh, yeah a memento of the micro series a decade ago. That that Splinter micro series, another absolute banger of a book. One like, of my favorite ones to write. Yeah, so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I, I Splinter like. I actually act out the uh, the stories, and um, that he was does. one of my absolute favorite ones to do. I, I love doing Splinter and Baxter, which is so so funny. So, which is originally why I contacted you because I was so interested in the Baxter. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Batman, because you have Batman on the back there, there used to be a series back in the day called Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, and it was mm-hmm. kind of not in continuity, somewhat anthology. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's room in the current climate for a Ninja Turtles version of that, where they would have anthology-like books, you know, stories that just kind of take the characters and be like, well, today we're in space. Tomorrow mm-hmm. we're fighting Triceratons, you know, stuff like that. I what, mean, what's your opinions on that? That 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 uh, that was a big part of Mirage for a while, if I mm-hmm. remember right, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's something that could work, or it's something that they, they could uh, decide – that they don't want to do because it's just too weird or, you know, uh, they, they, they found, they, they tried a middle ground with universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it really could just be something like, well, like I was talking earlier with the, with Ghostbusters, here's the things you cannot do. Here's the things we're never going to allow you to do. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later we got to do them. It could yeah, just right. be the same thing right now. They could say right now we've got, we've got the, the Seth Rogen movie. We've got the, the, the uh, marketing uh, on uh, the New York Times bestseller Lost Ronin, which is you know getting toys, yep. and you know we've got uh-huh. the we've got all this stuff. We don't want to have something that is weird. We we don't want to to uh, to the have that dilution in the bl- in the brand. Somebody because and then and then and then a month later they could change their mind and say you know what we would like something weird. Let's do yeah. that. So Let's I mean, 
<laughs> I, I think I think I think it would be something fun, and then the market could support it. But I don't know if it's you know in the uh, in the cards anytime soon. Um, because I mean, I mean, honestly, too, you know? there's so much there's so much content coming out. I mean, I had no idea that. Um, uh, the Street Fighter crossover was happening until I saw it uh, in previews. So I mean, yeah, there's there's uh, there's tons of stuff, and so, I mean, so I mean that to say that it could be something they're working on right now that I just don't know about. <laughs> right. I, I just like to bring it into you know uh, fruition or bring it into reality by speaking it out loud. Oh you know? sure. Like like a fifth dimension being like Batmite, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I actually, um, I have a couple questions here uh, about Godzilla. Drew, did you, okay. you had another question? Oh, I, I had just two, and then I and then I'm, I was going to shut up for the rest of it. I'm just going to sit and listen to all the good stories. <laughs> um, one total crossover that could have been great: uh, Ghostbusters and Hellboy. Um, would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and the reason I said is because at one point you did Ghostbusters International, so you had them overseas you know in different countries doing all this stuff and when i was looking into this i I kind of felt that you guys kind of did something similar i know that mignola does where mignola he takes folklore mythology little pieces of everything and kind of combines them into its own unique mythology that kind of pays tribute but its own thing when you and dan were we're having the Ghostbusters, you know, doing that kind of like that investigating course, as Vankman would say, for an extremely good fee. Um, did you do like the research or did you guys come up with some of that or did you actually like like base it on real hauntings? Um, we we did do some research. Uh, we did do some tailoring and then other things we just pulled out of thin air. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the ones that people remember best was in the early, early parts of the book was that um, was that orphanage haunting. Where the, oh, my you know, God. Yo, that's terrifying. Yes. And and see, that was all it wasn't in the it wasn't in the pitch. It wasn't in the, any any of the uh, early materials. It wasn't something we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And, then I said, you know, we could use another standalone bust. And I came up with the idea while I'm sitting at Taco John's having lunch one day. Yes, Taco John's. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it just, I mean, it just came, it came together that fast. Why don't we go uh-huh. this way? And, and then, you know, uh, some other bits of lore that are a little, you know, Marie Laveau, when they went to New Orleans, you know, something it's overused, uh-huh. maybe, but, you know, we, we, we picked some of that and then tailored the uh, legends to our purposes. Oh, cool. And then the second thing is, I know that like how Dan's showing, um, and I always apologize because I always feel like I say people's names wrong. Um, I know that he posts artwork and stuff that he does, quick sketches. And, and I also know that on your your social media, your Instagram, you post sketches of things you do. Um, you're, uh, are you a self-taught artist? And if so, do you just do like, oh, I'm going to draw that today and just... Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- there was... I, I didn't do any any uh, art education out of out of you know like high school, but we had uh-huh. a, a pretty uh, uh, in depth teacher at the time. It was for a period day, so we got a lot more in. But um, yeah, no, I just I, I I draw for fun now. I, I stopped doing any real uh, study of it. So while uh-huh. I probably could do something that is more. <clears throat> Well, it looks better. I'll put it that way. (laughs) Something that's not just a quick cartoon. I I don't think I have the patience for it. So, um, so yeah, that's, it's just, it's just all a little bit of fun, but I mean, who knows? I mean, Dan, Dan and I, I, I I mean, I stuck, I snuck some pages into, into the comics here and there just, just Uh for fun. 
and uh and i realized that it was it was just it was it was too much while trying to juggle the writing <laughs> right of course yeah so okay That's i'm good justin go Mm-hmm. So I mentioned at the beginning Godzilla, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the listeners are really big Godzilla fans. And I mean, part of our, our Dorkening Podcast Network, there's so many kaiju fans out there. Um, one of them, uh, Pat Ray Hall from Th- Throwdown Thursday Podcast asked, how do you continue to make stories compelling when it's just assumed that Godzilla would every time win due to his over- overwhelming power? Is it similar to the issues writers have with Superman? And how do you overcome that whilst trying to keep the battles believable? Okay, well, I have a slightly different edge here in that they specifically wanted the Godzilla books that I'm working on to be middle grade, which means the leads are 12, 13, which means the tone of the book is going to be a little sillier so long as Godzilla isn't silly. You right. know? So his his battles are going to be what they're going to be. And you know he's going to win, but mm. the 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 uh, the compelling bits of of what do you worry about is what's going on with the kids as far okay. as the story is concerned. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, no, Godzilla is Godzilla is going to come out on top, and I mean that's that's an edict. His name's on the book. Yeah. Just, uh, what what kind of fun can you have going there? I mean, you know, how how will he? What what can I make Dan draw that is fun, that is different, that is interesting, and. Uh, that's 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 the challenge. That's the and 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 also not have it be too much, you know, too overuse of of, of Godzilla, um, so that he doesn't fall into being silly just because of the rest of the book. Um, yeah, I, I just it comes down to what would be cool in the fights, what would be fun to see, what would be fun, I like to, that. Uh, what would be you know, and and then and then from there, it's just yeah, it's it's uh, not as I said before, it's not about the destination, it's how you get there. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah it's it's how do we get to godzilla's win and uh what what kind of shenanigans will will pop up in there i tell you uh they're they're mm, unless they change their mind we 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 do have another idea uh, another book that's that's in the early stages and uh it will have jet jaguar so we're gonna have some fun with that yeah so wow that would be cool if I'm going to get in trouble for anything, <laughs> if, if I'm going to get in trouble for anything, I'm going to get in trouble for that. So I, I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> don't, don't fire me. So, so, so what you're saying is good, but there's definitely no Godzuki in your book. So that's, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> there's no, there's, you know, there's, 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 there's nobody. Well, let's get Godzilla. Click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just there's, pops there's out no- on a stream of water. <laughs> like what? I was sleeping. No, we no just, Godzuki, yeah. no, no Manila. Uh, okay. Which I think I think yeah that's that's the that's the name on the uh, the trademark sheet Manila, <laughs> and it just I I wouldn't be able to write that character without sneaking in you know a girl you know it's true or something along those yeah. lines. <laughs> um, but there was there was a bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of lip syncing. That, yeah, that was actually in our, in my hometown, uh, Bristol, Connecticut, is where uh, Millie Vanilli got caught at Lake Compounds. So oh, just wanted oh, to shout no. that out there. It's it's a it's a shame because they they had demonstrable talent afterwards, but they they couldn't get anybody to trust them again. Yeah. Uh, but nope. uh, yeah, no, it's just um, yeah, it's 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 been it's been fun playing around with uh, Godzilla, although it has been really hard. Again, with with the kids, how do you how do you make the story about them and have Godzilla as well and make it believable enough? But uh, while 
I've had uh, a little bit of flack or seen a little bit of flack from some of the, the adult fans wondering why it's not Godzilla just tearing the hell out of other monsters. Uh, the target audience, the ones that Toho wanted to, you know, draw into Godzilla and get to that point, uh, they've been loving it. Little kids have, uh, you know, they, they send us pictures and they send us drawings. And, uh, they're, they're just, uh, they, they love, they love these Godzilla books and, uh, you know, knock wood, that'll lead them to being fans of Godzilla and give them another, you know, generation of fans help give them another generation. The of same fans. thing with the Saturday morning adventures and, and yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. We, we did have a question from Parasite Steve all, uh, from the Retro Redoctopus podcast. He was asking, are there kaiju that Toho forbids you from using or do you have access to the whole stable? Um, I think we had access to everybody. Nice. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's been, it's been a couple of years now since uh, I got the down low on the rules. So I don't remember if there was anybody that they said we couldn't use. Um, no, I, I, I can't think of anybody. I might I might have gotten stopped if I'd tried to throw Zilla in. Uh, they might have told fair. me. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they, they have. Toho has a bunch of rules, even if I do use a character, about what can and can't be done. So even with, uh, with a joke, um, I, I couldn't do a dream sequence of Godzilla talking because Godzilla does not talk. Okay. Uh, you know, things, things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's a dream sequence. No, not even in a dream. So, you know, there's, there's been uh, the stuff that I found out. Uh, I, I, say, I found out about the secret rules when I ran into them. <laughs> so that sounds like, that sounds like its own little thing. The secret rules of Kaiju or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I so mean, you, you and Sophie can work on that book. <laughs> oh God. There's, there's, there's one other thing that I found. It's, this wasn't a, you can't do rule, but I said, so in the first miniseries, can we have Godzilla breach out of the water? They said, yes, but he has to land on his stomach like a whale. Okay. So he can't, you know, he can't. Okay. Land, land in some other way. He can't like launch out of the water and land on his feet or anything like that. And I said, mm-hmm. oh, you know, that's a fair rule. That's I, I can, I can get behind that. Like Kong, right? Like yes. Kong landing and on that aircraft carrier. That, that, that exactly. That's exactly where I think the the rule was was established <laughs> when they were when they were writing that movie. That's really cool. Yeah, we, we wow. have tons of kaiju fans. Uh, Tim Krikorian from Retro Doctopus also asked, um, is there pressure to use the same kaiju that has been established or um, over monsters that are original characters? Um, do, you, do you have original characters? I'm, I'm such a, a neophyte when it comes to kaiju. I'm sorry, Eric. So oh. I, I wouldn't know. But no. Do you have original kaiju characters? or No, no. Uh, anything we use would be something that Toho owns um, and period i mean they 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 wouldn't want us to use other things okay that makes sense just they, they just want us to use the stuff uh that they own you know in the uh in the godzilla mythos oh that's great that's really mm-hmm. great and i mean there are so many that are that are you know not you know that are more rarely seen that it wasn't really hard I mean, even though we wound up using you know some of the favorites because you also have to you got to have getter in there everybody loves him yep oh yeah but uh you know we, we, he, he is our king. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, and we also got Caesar. So, I mean, there was that. I, I was oh, so excited wow. that we got King Caesar in there. Yes. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. So just uh, for, for listeners, we're just going to start wrapping up here. Um, I, I did want to mention that another thing that you did that's kind of uh, really cool and, and feeds into this podcast a little bit is that you, um, you helped on the uh, Ghostbusters cookbook, right? Mm-hmm. So with this, um, 
with the Ghostbusters, if the Ghostbusters were to order a pizza to share with the Ninja Turtles, what do you think would be on that? And do you think that Egon would get his pizza with uh, mold, spores, and fungus? I mean... Oh, God. Twinkies. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? That's, that's right. I threw that out there. <laughs> that's that's cheese and mushrooms, you know, a little blue cheese sprinkled on there. It's, he's fine. It's, it's all good. Um, so we're dealing with a professional here. He actually knew exactly where it was going. So. Yeah, that yeah, man just yeah. nailed it. First, not even a question. There you go. Yeah, it's it's uh, that 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 would be that would be it. It it, uh, it it'd be a spores, molds, and fungus uh, pizza. Which, by the way, I think Jan included into the cookbook. Yeah, they did because because yes. Uh, uh, also, just just for the sake of it. I have made that macaroni and cheese like three times and it's absolutely amazing. Oh, <laughs> so I, if, yeah, if you haven't yet, if you have the cookbook and haven't yet do that, do it. It's great. You know, uh, you'll, you'll maybe, maybe regret a few pounds put on, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's, it's ecto um, Our episodes mm-hmm. features a pizza recipe. Oh, nice. So, uh, after we do the interview, after we do the comic book, I do uh, a pizza recipe. So um, keeping with that, what would be your topping of choice on your pizza? Oh, well, um, it depends on my mood. I, uh, I, have, <laughs> I do, I do have a friend that, and, and I was, pineapple on pizza. Uh, I, I was Thank surprised. You. I was surprised because I saw it as a frozen pizza with the stranger things. Yeah. It was Pineap- good. Pineapple, jalapeno and onion. Yep. Put those three together is good. Uh, mm-hmm. you need the I, like I, just, I, I need the, I need the spicy if I'm going to have, if I'm going to have pineapple because I, 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 uh, uh, at I least do bacon. Pepperoni works with it. I'm just saying, I, I, pepperoni uh, and pineapple works. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty basic. I I will do pepperoni and any kind of vegetable you want to throw on there. Nice. So yeah, that that works. You know, some mm-hmm. something green for for Ghostbusters. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I, I was just going through when I was looking at all the stuff that you've worked on and some of the stuff that some of the, our listeners may not be familiar with. You know, we did talk about the New Warriors, Scarlet Spider, but the uh, the Opus book, Bill and Ted Present Death. I picked that book up again, not even knowing that you wrote it. Loved mm-hmm. it. Army of Darkness versus Reanimator. Wow. Yeah. Um, Red Sonia, Chastity, Vampirilla, and Deja Thoris. I'm a huge fan of Deja Thoris and uh, John Carter of Mars, Thuvia of Mars, like all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Kiss. Do you have to like Kiss's music to read their comics or to or, or to go into that? Like, do you have to be familiar with it, or how does that work? I, uh, I I had fun. Uh, the the former editor in chief of IDW, Chris Ryle, he is a gigantic Kiss fan. So when he came to me, goes, uh, I'm I'm not sure I like you writing Kiss. Are you even a fan? I said, I I, I gosh, I don't know. I can't name you any of their albums. Was was Psycho Circus any good? I just saw the <laughs> yeah for like the Tim thing. He, 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 he was so he was he was he was just. But uh, I I my my uh, one of my careers before I got into writing was uh, was broadcasting was radio, and I worked at a classic rock station. So All right, I'm very familiar with hey. you. And I uh, I do I I have a lot that I enjoy, and I have a lot that I have forgotten about because I didn't listen to it because. I stick to the stuff I enjoy, but I have seen them in concert. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I do enjoy the music, but the thing that I wrote, uh, I, I, I co-wrote stuff with Amy and she had a whole thing that she had already worked out a whole mythos. The thing that I wrote was take their, uh, take the persona, take 10 pages, write them doing something superhero-y. You have no limits. That was fun. You can't not have fun doing that. You oh, don't yeah. even need to be a fan of kiss to have fun doing that, but it all worked out. So 
I do. I, I, I enjoy the music. I had fun on that. And that's, yeah. that's really cool. Um, <laughs> what, um, so I, I have some kids in the room and they're asking what love guns about. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you read my mind. Oh, boy. Read my mind. All right. well, Bring them the 1989 film, Detroit rock city, put them down and you'll, you'll, uh, Yes. That, you'll enjoy man. it. Yes. Wait, that so guy knows how, it. That's how horror movies start. <laughs> you ever seen that? You ever seen the movie Role Models? Role Models? Yes. Oh, yes. You know what that, you know what that song's about? Hmm. Paul Stanley. As, as a completely <laughs> uh, a, a, uh, a quick uh, aside, the time that I felt the oldest in a movie theater was I uh, years back, I went and saw, I don't know if you guys have, uh, you probably may not but uh, the movie the new guy have you heard of that Do you know yes. yeah yeah okay. absolutely so so uh so i'm watching the movie and and gene simmons cameo as the preacher preaching right. abstinence i bark laughed in the theater and everybody else was silent this has happened to me twice the other time was uh was the uh, broken lizard movie beer fest oh nice when jerk right. now says i i uh I, I get testy in U-boats. I had a bad experience once. Again, I laughed. The whole crowd was silent, and I just said, I feel old. I don't belong here. What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, the boys get when they've got a bit of the syrup in them. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, our, oh, that's, that's a broken lizard is going to team up with Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters are going to go up. Oh, God. Oh, man. Please don't. Put that. Put those guys in a paranormal comedy, though. That would be that would be fun. They, uh, they're doing they're doing something on Hulu next month. I it's believe. uh yeah, Quasimodo. It's Quasi, yeah. Quasi, yeah. I, I just I just watched that, and there were a couple of beats in that trailer that seemed so Monty Pythonish. I can't yeah. believe it. Uh, and I, I I look forward to watching this and hope it's funny. Yeah, I, I do too. Man. Um, with with that, fellas, do you guys have any other questions? I don't want to keep our guests too much longer. Uh, I think I had one, but I I want to let Eric go first if he has more. I, I seem to recall he said a multi-tiered question, and I feel like he only asked one part, so I, maybe, I didn't want to no, steal his thunder. Maybe I disappointed. I, I thought maybe I disappointed on the first part, so he just you know gave the rest up. No, no, okay, no. I, asked about I, I, I asked him a second question, but my my third question <laughs> is, um, of course, we've seen you know all the the TMNTs you know coming along, like you know we've had the 2012. In the comics as well, we also have Rise in the comics. Do you see yourself possibly doing the Mutant Melee Turtle comics? Because oh. I'm pretty sure there's going to there. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I mean, oh, you're right. TMNT yeah. has been a huge thing for IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, TMNT is well, well, well alive. And not going to lie, I know they're talking about an action movie too, a, a mm-hmm. live action movie with the turtles too. From the people from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. so I mean, do you see do you see yourself possibly working on Mutant Melee comic? Or... I mean, it's not something that's on my radar right now, just because you know nobody's, know nobody's asked me to think about it. Yeah, if if they came to me and says, "Do you have a pitch for this?" I'd, I'd do my best to come up with a pitch for it and see if it's something that they wanted to do. I don't uh, I don't think there's anything in the entire turtles canon that they are completely closed off from doing uh permanently and forever but there's also so much that you know who knows where they're going to put their focus and attention at any given time yeah so uh, it's uh it's something that uh, so yeah it's it's something that could happen it's something i could do maybe but it's not on my radar right now we, we, we question let us know if it does okay. yes i will let you know if it does <laughs> 
Uh, if they ask me to pitch, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> sweet. Okay. Jet but, Jaguar. That's his answer. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it's Jet Jaguar. Um, that's it. Yes. So I, I had one. Um, so because when you were talking about how the Saturday, um, the, 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 the Saturday morning cartoon one, uh, which I, I read all of today. And I just want to say I love that each issue had a breaking the fourth wall moment. And I was saying this to Justin before this. So I don't know which one I enjoyed more. The one where Michael is like, yeah, man, and we still have 22 pages left to go in the book. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> or, yeah, it's nothing like a six. Yeah. Nothing in the 60s ever inspired something modern. Looks. <laughs> yeah. Look, which were great. So you talk about, you know, how it gets, keeps going. And that reminded me, I think, of how Back to the Future was supposed to be a limited series. And then it just got it was such a good reaction. Like, we're going to keep it going. And yeah. I know you and, and Dan did a, a Doc Brown story. Yeah. in that and you know when justin is just reading your your credits i'm just thinking like this guy's living every fan's dream he gets to t anything he loved as a child he gets to oh yeah did a story for that this i was like this is this is goals this is yeah. this is amazing what was that like you're you're doing a doc brown story mm -hmm. and i was just like I'm what was that wrong. like i mean here's here's the thing that was weird about it I, I might have I might have just, you know, thought, OK, this is fun. It's back to the future. I'm enjoying myself. But we also had Bob Gale sitting on our shoulder, looking over everything, okay. making suggestions. So that was just weird. Um, and uh, and enjoyable. As I said, it was it was fun. I mean, because Christopher Lloyd's voice is, I think, in everybody's head. So it was fun to play with that. I, I can hear great Scott in my head. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes. It's exactly it's it's there. It's everywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I just they, I just now I just wish that they would let me uh, have a stab at Indiana Jones. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I sure would like it. Whoa, yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, but I, as, as I was hoping, you know, with the new movie, maybe they'll get some some, uh, some licensing out there. But, you know, at, at this point. <laughs> Dark, Horse, Dark Horse had I, it, but, I, I mean, now it's Disney, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking with your crossovers, I was like, what's going to stop Godzilla from just crossing over Pacific Rim or just a big old kaiju battle or – the thing that I've always wanted to see, let's just see Godzilla and Stay Pup duke it out. I mean, he's a kaiju. Yeah, man. That counts. Exactly. I would be like, I know he's it's a roasted marshmallow, but mm -hmm. you showed us an in, in, in infestation that a melting uh, zombie Stay Puft is terrifying. Yes. So, hey, <laughs> you no, know, it, uh, it's it is the uh, the weirder the crossover is, the more fun it is to come up with a way for it to make sense. So I would have a lot of fun doing any of that. I had just, I mean, it was, it was super fun coming up with a way to get the transformers in there. And, uh, oh that, my God. I was, I was, I was so giddy when they told me, yes, I could do all the, the weird ideas that I had. So I hope sea spray was in it. I didn't read it yet. <laughs> um, is he, am I, am I going to be happy? Oh, okay. It's just, it, I had, I had to limit it and it was just the, you know, the, the, uh, first, uh, couple of seasons, the first season of the show, just a couple of characters from that. But I had, I had uh, Gozer come to Cybertron was how it started out. Ooh, it just, just the machine, it huh? is amazing. And because I believe Starscream is right. So, yeah, I mean, he's Starscream. Mm -hmm. He's Starscream. So he he's the Ray. That's all again. I'm going to say. And again, it's yes. hilarious. 
again, oh, so Chris Latta is so much fun. His voice is so much fun to, to write. So I had uh, I had a lot of fun oh translating Starscream and then later Cobra Commander. So, the, yeah, oh, the so original Mr. Burns, too, by mm-hmm. the way. So oh, wow. you, you have done work for Bongo Comics as well. So I did. I got to yeah. do one Simpson story. Damn. One whole Simpsons story. Chuck yeah. Dixon, I saw. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he 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 got me in there, and uh, it was he was he was telling me how how well Bongo paid. I said, well, you know, <laughs> hey. I sure would love a piece of that. And he he you know he he got me in with the uh, the editors. Uh, it was it was it was a kind thing that he did not have to do. So it was it was yeah. Totally. But it was it was a fun thing too. It was a fun thing to write, and I I don't think that that I would ever have gotten another shot because they worked out so far ahead and worked with so many of the same people that it was, it was just a miracle that I, <laughs> that I found oh, an so open cool. hole in their schedule. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. With, with that, I want to thank our guest. Um, and I mean, we've, we've gone a little long, so I appreciate it. Um, Eric, if you hang out for just one more sec, sure. um, you can check out, um, you can check him out at Eric Burnham on Instagram oh. and on Twitter. And it uh, just needs to be a K. <laughs> Okay. Okay, in there. It's a K. Yeah, Yep. The Nordic. The Nordic spelling. So, again, not a visual podcast. So, you know. (laughs) But um, and also check out the uh, the website burnamania.com uh it's a really cool website a lot of good stuff and and you can learn a lot about them and uh we'll we'll post links to that in all of our show notes i want to thank our our guests eric and eric and drew and we will be right back with our pizza recipe of the day thanks a lot it's pizza time and now in a segment that we call pizza time where we discuss any teenage Mutant Ninja turtle or pizza related food i give you pizza time Okay, for your pizza time today, we're going to go with something a little bit different. We're going to go with a Ghostbuster-themed recipe that Eric actually talked about in the episode. With this, I'm going to give you, from the Ghostbusters cookbook, Egon's favorite mac and cheese. So they say it's difficult, as uh, as Eric was saying, yield about eight servings, prep time 15 minutes, cook time 40 minutes, and dietary, it is not vegan because it does have... Uh, it does have some food. Now let's let's read a little bit of this uh, in, ingredients. So we have macaroni, 16 ounces of elbow macaroni, four cups shredded sharp cheddar cheese, one and a half cups shredded Gruyere cheese, eight tablespoons, one stick of unsalted butter, one half cup all-purpose flour, three cups whole milk, one cup heavy cream, one teaspoon dry mustard, one teaspoon garlic powder, one teaspoon paprika, one half teaspoon kosher salt, one half teaspoon white pepper. Topping, two cups of cheese crackers, roughly crushed, he said Cheez-Its, six tablespoons of unsalted butter melted. Step one, to make the macaroni in a large pot over high heat, bring water to a boil. Add the macaroni and cook for eight minutes. Drain, but do not rinse. Step two, in a medium bowl, combine the cheddar cheese and gruyere. Set aside. Step three, Preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Grease with a deep 13 by 9 inch baking dish with a non-stick spray. Set it aside. Step 4. In a Dutch oven over medium heat, melt the butter. Add the flour and whisk for 1 minute until lightly browned. Add the milk and heavy cream and whisk for 1 to 2 minutes until bubbling. Step 5. Stir in the mustard, garlic powder, paprika, salt, and white pepper. Step six, set aside one and a half cups of the combined cheeses, then stir the remaining four cups of the cheese into the pot, whisking until smooth. Step seven, stir in the cooked macaroni, tossing to coat. Pour it into the prepped baking dish. Sprinkle, then reserved one and a half cups of cheese. Step eight, to make the topping in a small bowl, stir together the cheese crackers and the melted butter. 
Step nine, spread the topping evenly over the macaroni mixture. Bake for 25 minutes until browned and bubbly. Served hot. And that is your pizza time for today. Egon's favorite mac and cheese. Cowabunga, dudes! Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, Mirage Studios, IDW Studios, Archie Comics, or Nickelodeon Studios. This podcast is a member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Check out thedorkening.com for other podcasts. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper and Eric Will. Hello, intrepid listeners. This is the Generation Playlist Podcast, a podcast about music where we are your guides through a particular group or artist. We talk about the music, and then we make a customized playlist to share with you, our listeners. And you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts and find our playlists on Spotify. Do you like gaming? You know, this game would be better if it was a battle royale. Do you like technology? bet this tech would work better if it was a battle royale. Do you like movies, TV shows, and everything else that me and Nate can't agree on? The Last Jedi was easily the best Star Wars film I have ever seen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Everybody in this room is stupid now because of you. Talking Gaming and Tech is a bi-weekly podcast where we cover the latest and greatest in gaming and tech. Now part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. Talking Gaming and Tech is a podcast produced by Tech Prime Media. You can find us on YouTube and all their social media platforms. You can find Talking Gaming and Tech on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. This podcast is filmed live. If you want to check us out while we're filming live, remember to follow links on social media and your comment might be read on air. It took me 10 years to make the perfect man cave. And then we took it over. And we made it into the multiversal chamber. Then I started my own podcast. And we took that over too. And we're the co-host, the Multiverse Kids. Yeah, and I'm the dad, the geeky dad. And every week, we what? We review the movies, shows, and books. Games and toys. Yeah, and sometimes we even have a special guest. So, join us every week on the Geeky Dad Podcast. Greetings and Shabibans, we are the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast, a long-form bi-weekly show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. Well, that sounds good, but I don't know what all those words mean. I think what Parasite seems trying to say is that on Retro Redoctopus, we explore a range of retro goodness, from toys, video games, and movies, to cartoons, and even snacks and school lunches. Oh. And we do it all with a positive spin, a slew of killer guests, and some, ahem, very adult language. And you know what else is cool? No. This crazy show is part of the Dorking Podcast Network with new episodes every technical Tuesday. What's that? And if waiting two weeks for a new episode gives you a sad, know that we drop bonus episodes all the time, like the off-format Crow's Nest and an interview series we call The Brick. You can listen to Retro Octopus on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any app that's cool enough to carry the only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome.